What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Very Dependent Podcast, where we depend on the Verde and Black for our everyday vibes. Today, we will spend the first half on the new murder report led by Paul before checking the vibes of our return to Q2. We'll spend the second half reviewing the FC Dallas and Seattle Sounders game and end it with a stoppage time rundown of the hottest Austin FC, MLS, and World Footy storylines of the past week. I'm Logan Bartlett, a.k.a. Lobar. I'm Logan Jones, otherwise known as Lojo. And what up, everyone? This is Paul, a.k.a. Lo Paul. All right, let's get it. So the first half, Murga, we got some new songs. We, we got the debut of a new song last night at home. Paul, tell us a little bit about what's coming with uh, Murga and you know, kind of the how the sausage is made. Yeah, man, for sure. So uh, for those those folks that uh, don't know, uh, I am a trumpet player for La Murga de Austin, which is our uh, commonly known as the supporter band for Austin FC. Yes, sir. Uh, but we also, you know, we go out and support local soccer uh, organizations and, and foundations like all over the city of Austin. Um, and so what's really cool about this is, you know, I'm I grew up kind of like as a musician with a musician's background. I used to teach band uh, for a few years. And so yep. I've got that that background. And, you know, also growing up with the love of football, this was just like the ultimate marriage for the two loves in my life, uh, music and, and football. And so that said, uh, it's been really awesome to be surrounded by passionate fans and musicians uh, like the ones that we have in La Murga. And um, it's just, it's really cool because, uh, Ever since Austin started, we wanted to make sure that we could really provide an authentic atmosphere right from day one uh, at Q2 Stadium. And um, our our base, I would say, was generally derived a lot of uh, a lot from, excuse me, uh, Latin American, you know, uh, stadiums and stuff like that. So if you're, you know, if you follow uh, world football and and know down South America, you know. Um, Big, big countries like Brazil, Argentina, you know, stuff like that, where you just have, you know, you can think of teams like uh, River Plate, you know, uh, Boca Juniors and, and stuff like that. Um, Fluminense in, in Brazil and all that stuff. Um, these these fan bases, they just have insane amounts of passion and, and pageantry with within their supporter sections. And a lot of that comes from uh, the band, you know, and, and the capos that, that help, you know, drive the chance and all that stuff. So long story short, we are that uh, source here in Austin. And, nice. um, you know, it was just so nice to be back at Q2 after such a time off because, um, you know, like I know it was, can we talk about the anthem? I was. Is I, I want to say okay? real quick. I was about to interject. Murga Brass did the anthem. Paul will talk more about it. Did the anthem before the game. But I just want to say that in my experience, having gone to you know forty plus home games or whatever in the last three years um, at Q two, this was the best anthem anthem performance I've seen live. That shit was dope. It was. It was very. Everybody in the stands was like, "Whoa, holy shit!" This was like emotional and stuff. Yeah, man. It. It's. Um... That means a lot, dude. Thank you it so much. It really but was cool. Shit. I guess, yeah. I I know that the the anthem, you know, elicits a lot of different feelings for everyone. So I'm not trying to make this um, overly political and all that stuff. But just from if if folks can bear with me for a second, just from a, a grassroots organization, you know, starting from just a couple of members in a parking lot, you know, to being able to like 
provide that kind of uh, experience for the community in terms of like playing the national anthem at home for our fans and for our team and all that stuff. It was just like, it was a really cool moment. I felt really proud to, uh, to, you know, just represent our, our group in that way. And um, oh, yeah, dude. The, the result was what it was, but you know, that was probably the highlight of, of the night for me. So all that to say is, uh, you know, the Merga also turns out some awesome mass chants and stuff. And and last night at Q2, um, you know, we got to debut one of the the latest hits. And, you know, a lot of folks that that follow uh, football will say like, hey, that, that sounds familiar. Like we've heard that before. Uh, and you have, which a lot of these chants are kind of recycled from, you know, very popular um, soccer supporter clubs and chants and stuff like that. But yes, uh, this one is uh, we. We're calling it Verde Heartache, which aptly was uh, played last night uh, after the heartbreak, heartache of not getting that goal allowed. But anyway, um, is it cool for those of you that were there live? You know, like Logan, you were there, right? Is there um, right in front of you? It, yeah, man. Uh, it was it was really cool. I'd like to play it, share it with you guys first, just kind of relive the vibes a little bit, and then um, we can we can just kind of talk from there. Yeah, share that screen, boy. Let's share that screen. Get that audio right. All right, here we go. bro dude it's just like whenever those drums come in every time like i swear i go crazy dude Um, and i'll say this live you know it's a banger when the first time it's ever played like i'm standing right in front of the horns right so we're the very back of 103 and in the grand scheme of things the the band stopped playing and the people around us behind us left and right 102 104 they kept singing it with no drums and it sounded sick as fuck like i kind of got chills a little bit just being like whoa like first time yeah, ever yeah, played, yeah. random motherfuckers are like, "Oh, I got this," and they're just singing yeah. it in chorus. It was sick. And that's one of those things where I go back and forth from like the, a complexity standpoint in terms of lyrics. Like sometimes we want to say something other than Dale or Austin or Aguante. Yeah. Uh, but it's just one of those things where it's like it does help in terms of like getting easy, you know, an easy like twenty thousand. Yep. A group of people to just like go off and 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 do that so it's cool yeah. well, Joe, um, were you able to hear uh the song on the broadcast at all did it go through and like was it yeah they played it late in the game if i remember correctly and uh it was kind of the bright point i was like oh wow the new song okay it kind of made me forget about uh the pain that i was watching <laughs> yeah <laughs> was it do you think it was are there too many dales in the in our repertoire these days or i mean sure but as Paul said, there's reasoning behind some of this. And it's, you know, as Chelsea fans, I <laughs> am very fond of using one word for all of my chants. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I appreciate it. And I, I enjoy it. And I'm. it doesn't matter as long as you're just having fun, getting into it, and everybody can get into it. It's not complex. I mean, yeah. we do have some songs that are you know, have a little bit more to them, sure. but uh, sure. 
they've been here for a while. Those, those, are, those are the mainstays. I like the I like some of these that yeah, Verde Summer on the fly, middle of the season. Macala, oh. like those are your favorites. Why, got, why, you, why are you? <laughs> I'm kidding. You I'm kidding. I did <laughs> seven four. There's there's nothing more to just get the vibes going than just the slow pace of Verde Summer. I'm sorry, Paul, but oh no, it's fine, G. I mean, it kills my vibe. I'm yeah. sorry. I think my my favorite part of playing uh, that chance specifically was in a way day at Dallas. Uh, maybe it was for when we went up to uh, go get the first uh, Copa Tejas. Facts. Um, I, I remember when we stopped at Bucky's and I like took my trumpet in Bucky's. and just like whenever everyone was like going off to take a piss and shit. And it was just like, I'm just going to start playing seven four, like in this Bucky's and <laughs> fucking dork. And it fucking, it worked. It, it did. We all started going crazy. It was fun. All the but, rednecks are like, um, what the hell? <laughs> no, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is this dude doing? <laughs> right. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honey, listen to this. They're so sweet. Right, okay. <laughs> Um, but then, uh, we have another one. So we, over the course of the break, you know, we, we try our best to get these new songs worked up because it's a, it's a whole project, right? So from a brass player or like, you know, from a musician in terms of like, we have drummers and we've got horn players. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to like, obviously learn our parts first and figure out like how that works, um, among us. And then it's also the lyric side of things, which, uh, you know, there's there's some masterminds um, that help kind of generate the the content there. And then yeah. it's a matter of disseminating that information with the capos, who we all know are the folks that are up on the stands uh, out in front of the supporter section and kind of interspersed throughout, um, you know, the South End. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're the ones that just kind of help us know the lyrics and all that stuff. So it takes some time because, you know, like not everyone agrees on the lyrics. Not everyone knows like how it works with the, the music. And so we have to kind of get that going. But this is one. Um, so this is just a rendition of Tequila, but for Austin FC style. Sick. Um, so I'll play it for you guys and then uh, be happy to like share the the, the lyrics afterwards. So, yeah, enjoy. Here's uh, Tequila. Starts off with a little groove. Little harmonies. Yeah. it's cool it's pretty neat um when you first you know and first mentioned that this song was going to be played or you know that we were doing tequila i was like is it just going to be jamming and then we just yell tequila you know aguante and then i didn't even i don't know why i didn't think about how there's going to be like words for the melody throughout the whole thing yeah. <laughs> you know because like the song don't worry i was the same yeah. way i was like i thought we were just like vibing for about yeah. a minute I thought it was going to be it, that was one of those shit. where then go, da, 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 and I was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's as a brass player, it's one of those things where like, hey, like if if there's a nice group going, it's like we can totally play. We could be that kind of just like vibe setter for the moment. And then, you know, everyone knows the collective like part to that. Um, but anyway, I think what's really cool about it is that we're still able to kind of 
have our own take. And so the lyrics to that are um, Ya va llegando la banda. Like here comes the band, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, El verde es un carnaval. Yeah. Ya va llegando la banda. El verde es un carnaval. So we repeat that twice. And then we just hit them with the, with the Dales, right? Y dale a <laughs> Y dale a. And then at the end, we go, Voy a que ganar. Aguante. That's cool. And so, yeah, man, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get to hear that uh, one yesterday or last night. That, yeah. Seattle, but mm-hmm. that one is generally like a, if we're up, you know, or it's so, like later in so the like game. next and, season and, we'll hear it. Yeah, was, <laughs> damn, you stole. Oh, my bad, bro. I'm sorry. Basically, G. <laughs> um, that's that's kind of when we're yeah, it's a good vibe uh, song. Definitely not one of those that you want cranked out <laughs> yeah, when you're down uh, to try and get a call, yeah. you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, anything else that I should chat on? And like, I know we're definitely always looking for different songs to add into our repertoire. Yeah. Um, I know some of the musicians actually got together uh to record um to you know be on a another like volume two playlist of murga songs oh, you know to include some of the the newer tra- the chants and stuff like that yeah. so be on the lookout uh on spotify and apple music and all that what, stuff what all is going to be on that one the the two we just heard yeah uh so Maybe. these two i can't remember if we got those in or not but i okay. think the new ones like felice felice yeah, yeah. are added on there peppas? um was that on? peppas is on there yes. for sure everything that was added from like uh like ole ole ola yeah, i think yeah, is yeah, on there right. you know uh midway through like season two i think yeah. and on uh that stuff's getting added so nice, yeah man and there's Good rumors times. of a third song too right like it's maybe not ready to go yet but a little uh yeah yeah this one is uh a little this is honestly probably going to be one of the the more challenging uh, in terms of just like lyric complexity uh but musically um you know for folks that know uh nunca es suficiente uh that that is actually being arranged right now and in the process of getting played through and a couple more reps of um figuring out lyrics and all that stuff. And then nice. hopefully we can, we can share that in a couple of home games. So Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. As a staunch supporter of Los Angeles Azules, um, I'm, I'm happy we're doing a song by them, but I really do wish that Houston would fuck off and we could do Como Te Voy Olvidar. Cause that's my jam. Oh dude. Yeah. They do. It. I mean, it's nothing but a thing if we just do it, cause we will obviously do it better, true. but you know, true, true, true. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yes, sir. But yeah. Um, well, let's um, let's move on to Dangle halftime. Yeah. So let's do it. Lojo, are you uh, are you back? Is your mic working? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lojo, we returned to Q two last night. Um, you got you. Unfortunately, it was a midweek game, and you're down in San Antonio, so you stayed home. But you got to see it from the broadcast standpoint. So, what were the mm. vibes back at home Wednesday night? from TV, from the couch, what were the vibes? I'd say it was a strong Wednesday night with how, you know, even with how the team's recent, you know, his, you know, time, how, how we've looked recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it was good. Uh, it looked like attendance was good. Uh, you know, everybody in the Murga sounded good. Yeah. Sport section sounded good. Um, I, I, I would say probably about a nine out of 10. Nice. It, it even, yeah. it's interesting that like in a bad run of form, school yeah. night like school started it's we, we were still able to fill up pretty much uh, sure. most of the stadium i'd say 
Um, yeah, I mean, I can only see three quarters of the stadium. Yeah, of course. Personally, of course. when watching, but from what I could see, it looked good. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Paul, what did you? What were the vibes for you in the stadium? Yeah, man. Um, so kind of, I have to preface this again. Uh, that was the first time for me not starting a game uh, oh, in the middle of 103 like that. Sorry. You know, I've been to pretty much all the home games and and it was still just surreal for me to like be there, pit, you know, pitch side um, doing the anthem. And and then just like walking up after um, I'm, I'm gonna be real G it was like kind of all a blur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just running off the adrenaline. I mean, yeah, you were like eight uh, feet from your boy Julio dude on the field for a little bit. He was right. You could yeah, touch him. And it was, it was funny because like, maybe I, maybe it was karma. Right. I feel bad. Uh, Austin fans. I'm sorry. This is probably all my fault because like when I was down there, I mean, I was, you know, I, I speak my shit. Right. Uh, I talk my shit. And so it was just like Brian Schmetzer, like right there, three feet in front of me. I'm like, Hey Schmetz, you're losing tonight. You know? Uh, and he just like, kind of looked at me and was like walking back, you know, to the whatever. He's but like, I, I just wanted know? to make sure that he knew that, like I was in his head at that point. Yeah. And so, uh, and you know, the same for, you know, folks like Jordan Morris and shit like you gotta that. Hit Nico with like, that, bro. Nico Ladera. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. He was, he was a problem last night too, but, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All that to say is the vibes coming back were still, you, you could tell this, this fan base really cares, man. Yeah. And, uh, I know Absolutely. that we all have different opinions about Wolf in, Wolf out and all that shit. But like, you know, for a time, it, we really are just there to try and like lift this team up because they know we need it. And uh, we they know we know they need it. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We'll get through it. I agree. It was even when we and we'll get into this more in just a minute. But even when we were down, you know, we we went down late and you could see everybody collectively like shake their heads and then be like, all right, all right, we got eight minutes to stoppage time let's go and then just people were yelling even louder i mean literally you know even louder when you're down it really was true last night and i think the players felt that we had you know some of the players walk around and and you know thank us and clap at us after the game and whatnot so anyway i thought the vibes were good especially for a wednesday i'm excited to see the first weekend game the next couple weeks uh back at q2 but uh we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break before we review the last two games and we'll see you on the other side All right, we're back. Uh, so, you know, two games have happened since the St. Louis thrashing. Um, the results were equally as poor, maybe not as, you know, devastating in terms of defensive woes and whatnot. But still, you know, two more L's on the on the um, for the team. And so I guess we'll start with FC Dallas. Um, I thought the team played OK. You know, I mean, the fact that we went 90 minutes nil nil on the road. In a Copa Teos game, like we've seen much worse performances in that in that uh, environment. And those have happened when we're in way better form. Right. So I think given the general form of we've taken a few L's, um, we're on the road, like the team played all right. The, obviously, the end result was a one no loss. And Copa Teos is now no longer in our, um, you know, we don't we can't decide what happens for us. We have to hope, you know, whatever happens, happens. And maybe we still win it. But um, Lojo, you were not watching the game because you were at a, a Journey cover band show. Is that right? Yeah. My my girlfriend's boss uh, has a cover band. 
shout out to Parcher ATX. Oh yeah. Uh, they cover, they cover journey music. Uh, I, I was keeping up, you know, I got fat mob on my phone Yep. and you know, we, we have our group chat going and honestly, it seemed like just from what you guys were saying, the first half was probably a little uneventful, mm-hmm. boring as shit, you know, which is, <laughs> but which is fine because honestly, FC Dallas is a pretty like counter, you know, yeah. th- their game plan is to counter and to maybe like sit back, let them wear themselves out that first half. Yeah probably a good thing um i was hoping for at least a very uneventful first half that probably bode well for us mm-hmm. and i was like all right you know cool i'm I'm good with that yeah uh but it seems like it, it came very changed. fast and furious yeah, yeah at the end there yeah uh and it's tough um but you know i saw that uh <laughs> i saw the goal i was like damn don't yeah stop. Believe. shake it right off <laughs> and i was just like but it's all good man yeah but no it was tough i was just like all right we're going for a draw and i think paul even said like are we celebrating a draw and, and i was just like you had to say it seconds literally it. seconds later bro it's yeah. all my fault it's all your fault two games in a row <laughs> no paul but so you know i think lojo's right in his his um the way that he said it was a boring first half right i was bored as shit uneventful um, I think part of that is because Jesus Ferreira wasn't playing. He was out. Yep. So they didn't have much speed up top. And Velasco was kind of on an island at all times alone, just kind of trying to do something. And and Paul was not getting a lot of yeah. good looks. I mean, he was just kind of like, it felt like he was having a messy game. Yeah. If I'm being honest, a lot of fouls on him. But, yeah. He was know, grumpy. Uh, Things were heated. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in the, the heat of that game, I will say this. I mean, that four da- different Dallas players registered a yellow um throughout that game yep. some early in the game i mean paul had one i think or in the first half i'm not mistaken um yeah it was the first half yeah yep. and he played most of the game after that and, and stayed on the field mm-hmm. uh the the same couldn't be said for our young man who's three years and 80 plus appearances into this team danny Pereira. um he got a yellow early on i thought you know uh sometimes you have to take that foul velasco's running at the at the 18 yard box you know with the ball at his right foot you got to take a foul sometimes, mm-hmm. but I thought the call for a yellow was weak as shit. Um, yep. especially given how strict or how on top of flopping refs have been this year. Um, there was no Jersey tucking, like no aggressive contact in my opinion. And Velasco falls and they call the yellow because it's Danny P, you know, I think cause it's Danny, honestly, they're like, Oh, it's Danny. It's yellow. That, that's what he does. Um, anyway, fast forward, he gets another yellow. That one I think deserved, you know, he got, uh, kind of he he made a bad decision after getting rid of giving away the ball and uh got the second yellow and got a red card so i mean i thought we played okay from that point on too but lojo do you think a a big point of conversation was subbing danny off or not you know we had danny on we had owen wolf on and we had um who was the third midfielder one with blanket right now was it valencia was he the third guy we had ring on the midfield. Yeah, we had ring. No, sorry, did you already say? Yeah, that? we I had ring. It. No, Bruin came on. That's what it was. Bruin came on. Uh, Drew UC moved back to the midfield, but Bruin came on for um, someone else that I am completely blanking right now. Paul might be looking it up. Regardless, yeah, I'm like uh, Bruin came in for ring, and then Ethan came in for Valencia. Right, Lundy came in for Owen. Okay. Anyway, so, but Danny stays yeah. on. He gets the second yellow and he come and he gets the red card. Um, Lozo, there was a whole conversation about should Danny have come off? Um, what are your thoughts on that, man? Like, I mean, just give us your thoughts. I, I'm 
staunchly in the philosophy that uh, if we're taking Danny off every time he's close to a red or, you know, is on a yellow, we're taking him off the field a lot. Yep. Um, I think Landon on Moon Tower said it best when it's just like, that's just not a good idea. And you got to trust that your player is going to, mm-hmm. you know, have growth and not get into those situations. Yep. He did. It happens. Um, but no, I, I, you, at the end of the day, you still have to have your best players on the field and, you, and that's a risk. Yep. Uh, something that I don't think a lot of, you know, anti-wolf people give him credit for is, you know, taking those risks. And I think playing a player like Danny, risking losing him for another game, it might be a stupid risk, but it's a risk. Yeah. He's not playing and it safe there. Something, too, um, I think North End, Moontower, one of them made the point, too, is at that point, Danny had hit yellow card accumulation as well, apparently. Right. So he was going to miss the next yeah, game anyway. Yeah. Not that that means, like, yeah. take a red, but it means... He's going to miss next game. But it means you have the liberty to, you have that leeway to be like, well, if he gets a red, then whatever. Yeah. You know, exactly. Okay. He's going to be out anyways. Yes. It's just the timing of it for the sake of the momentum of the game you're currently in was not ideal. Um, And to, you know, to the point of taking risks and, and, you know, we're talking about Wolf in that way. um, The next game, the Seattle game, Valencia gets a yellow and then Valencia comes off because Wolf said, okay. Uh, we're not going to take that risk again. And literally in the post-game interview, he says this, like, take Valencia off because he's on the yellow. Leave Owen in because he's playing a decent game according to the stats or whatever. You know, that's what Wolf said. Um, and he he learned, you know, from that mistake that many thought was a mistake. Or he just took the right calculated risk in that in that uh, moment and said, all right, Valencia, come off. Marine, come in. Let's do it. Um, but going back to the Dallas game, Paul, it was literally maybe seven seconds left in the game when Tafari mosses Julio and, you know, no looker header to the far post that Brad Suver gets a, you know, pinky nail on and, and we're down. What were your thoughts, man? I mean, just unfortunate, dude. Uh, you Like for those that could go back and watch that replay, I mean, Julio is literally. Yeah. He's, he's bear hugging that Nicholas guy. Yeah. You know, like he is all up on him. Yeah. Uh, and he, maybe he just, he could have jumped a little bit sooner. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe Stu is a little bit more firm in the hand and, and is able to, you know, yeah. just get, keep that out. But like, maybe hedges makes man, a little bit more of a mess of it too, you know, coming from in front yeah, of Tafari. Exactly. So, it, it, you know, like, I don't know, man. Um, it's just, it's unfortunate is what it is, you know, yeah. cause like I've watched the game enough that I know, like shit like that will happen to any team yep. in the sense that it's like, it could be a good, good result or, or on the, on the bad end of it. But yeah. um, I think, I think both goals yeah. were really testaments to the passing too. Like if that passes yeah. any other angle in Tafari just jumped up and, and just kind of glanced yeah. it off his head. Like he didn't do much to redirect it. He literally took the path of the ball and just put a little change of direction and a little more speed on it. Um, and that's what happened with the first goal or the first goal in Dallas, I'm sorry, in Seattle as well. Um, same mm-hmm. idea, you know, like the ball just goes in the right way, weird angle, Stuber's fluster, doesn't know what to do. And and the ball goes in. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, moving into the, Seattle in that way, um, how did you think we played last night in the grand scheme of things? Paul, I'll start with you. For sure. Now this is where I get to say, all right, I was actually trying to be as objective as possible once I was finally up in the South stand and I wasn't overhyped or anything just seeing my boys out there. But um, I felt like this game had a lot better showing 
just performance wise from our players than, than Dallas in the sense of that, you know, like you could tell that they were wanting to, to get up front. You know, I really, really like Memo um, yep. out on the wing. You, you know, he's got a lot of hustle and um, you could tell like he's wanting to link up with Drew Ucy quite a bit and and that's good. Yeah. And that Drew, Drew Ucy trusts him uh, importantly, you know, um, and I know that we, a lot of us want to see ring in the midfield, uh, but you know, to Owen's credit, it, you know, he, it wasn't terrible. He didn't absolutely shit the bed. Um, I'll put it that way. You know, um, he didn't give up a goal give the young man or anything, some, you know, some credit. Yeah. You know, so it's just one of those things. Um, um, I'm trying to think, man, it, like, I don't know what else to say other than like we were generating chances. Um, like I'm, I'm pulling the, pulling it up right here. Um, you know, we had six out of 13 shots on target, you know, um, two of those, we just barely, only one counted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, you know, we, we just barely edged out on the possession game, 51 49. And then, um, I mean, we were progressing the ball quite a bit, you know? Um, and, and so all that to say is I, I just don't, that result is not indicative in, in my opinion of uh, the ongoing situation here. Does ring starting make a difference? You know, uh, does Leo coming in or starting make a difference? Like possibly maybe, yeah. you know, I, I would argue I that so. like Leo maybe attacks the the first ball that was uh, a Seattle goal, but yeah, I don't know. I think all those things together makes a difference for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So keep, maybe not one. What was that? Tell, tell us more. Uh, you know, I, I think putting Alex back in the midfield is long overdue. We've been screaming for it even since he was playing center back for us Yep. as a necessity. Um, you just got to start building that roster back, for, you know, from the back to the up to the attack. Yeah. You need to get those players back in their roles where they're good and probably where they're some of the best players on our team in those roles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Ring and Leo, especially in that case. Absolutely. And and Lojo, so you were watching the broadcast last night. Um, right. Was that Ragoni header that was called a no goal? Do you <laughs> think it was a goal from what you was seen in the broadcast? Well, 100%, I, I saw it from even the first shot. I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then they just kept playing. And I'm like, wait, huh? Yeah. And then they go to, you know, then they're they're, they're, wait, they're holding up. And I'm like, all right, it's going to go to VAR. It's fine. It's cool. You know, I, I know it's hard to see. I don't know what they're showing in the stadium at that time. So I think I text you guys like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a goal. Yeah. And they're showing 10 different angles on the broadcast. And there's several where I'm just like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's one that's kind of from the side of the goal, but behind it. And it's an angle where if you see net between the ball and the post sidebar, yeah. the side post, it's in. Right. And I, I just don't understand, you know, and, it, and it's unfortunate because I've never heard of, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never heard of any pro referees, uh, as in pro in this organization, pro referee, yeah. be suspended or demoted for any type of, you know, errors like that. Mm-hmm. But things like that happen in the biggest leagues in the world uh, all the time. I think yeah, like uh, getting most recently, Anthony, yeah. Anthony Taylor, yeah, right, Anthony mm-hmm. Taylor and his crew in that uh, Chelsea Tottenham match, they received yeah. a three-match ban, with, uh, or not ban, but three-month suspension, demotion, yeah, 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 for missing a very important call, 
and that's money right there. I mean, that they're they're messing with your pocketbook at that point. Yeah. Yep. And maybe you know, I, I'm not trying to say we need to crucify these guys, but maybe if there's some sort of punishment for not doing due diligence, at least mm-hmm. we get some better results out of our referees. And that's that comes from the the fourth uh, official, you know, and and it it's not crucifying, but it is holding folks accountable. You know, right? Accountability um, is the main thing. Yeah. And you know, like I could, I could see the irony there from you know, uh, you know, members of this fan base that are you know asking for a coach to to be held accountable for his actions and, and his uh, you know uh, decision making. But uh, you know, this is different. Like everyone can agree, you know, yeah. uh, that these these refs just are absolute garbage. Yeah, that showing specifically was was rough, man. Yeah, and it, it just in the stadium too. You know, looking back behind us at the big screen in the south end. And seeing the angles that Lowe's was talking about, where the entire stadium is screaming, the players are on the field, yeah. like literally in the rest face, not allowing him to turn away and like looking up at the TV, like, dude, fucking look right now. Tell me. And I'd never seen or I, I've noticed that's a thing a couple times this season where in potential VAR calls, Q2 will show like, you know, incriminating or whatever videos of a call to be like, look, look up in the big screen right now. VAR that shit now. And I think that's interesting. Like, I don't know if that clearly it's not breaking a rule because they would have stopped it, but it's just an interesting aspect to be like, Hey, it's right in front of you. You know, you're waiting for VAR to tell you yes, but also look up and make a decision yourself. Yeah. You know, it was definitely funny uh, because at home we're watching literally this 10 rotation of cameras on repeat the entire time. So I'm not seeing all that going on in the field, but there's still the the stadium audio going. So as you're just going through this montage, you hear the fans just collectively, ah, you know, and I was like, Oh yeah. They they finally showed up the stadium. Yeah. It was tough. That would have been so frustrating. It was tough, man. But another equally in, in my opinion, even more frustrating thing is how the defense just turns off sometimes, especially in our own box. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many times where you're just watching an opposing player in the top corner of the box or almost at the byline on the edges of the box. And the defense just kind of like bunkers in this weird middle, like right around the goalie box. And they're like, cool, come at me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you giving so much space to space. Yeah. a attacker like a Jordan Morris or Nico Ladero, anybody, but especially those dudes, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like fucking step right, up yeah. and make them do something other than, you know, cross it over your head where they have a fucking six, five center back waiting to dunk on Julio. You know what I mean? Like luckily it didn't happen, but unfortunately, you know, the, a mess was made in the second goal and Julio blocks a couple shots. Everybody's ball watching, looking at Julio, you know, put on his masterclass of dolphining around on the ground to block some shots. And, uh, Rusnak or Rusnak gets that second goal. Um, I think ring lunges in the last second, but I mean, what does this say about kind of like our defensive consistency throughout a game where these moments consistently are happening, at least coming out of the league's cup where it's second, third balls over and over again that we're losing on. What do y'all think this says about our defense? Either of you. I mean, the, the mental error, the mental lapses just have to end and we can blame Julio. We can blame John, but I think you just need to blame the entire defense at that point, and including Stuver sometimes. Yeah. Not saying that it was on that specific play, but that entire defense in a whole just needs to know where to be positioned, communicate better, and just have a better understanding of what's going on in that moment and just hold on for 
10 more seconds. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so important to, it's so cliche at this point, but to play to that final whistle is we have learned two weeks in a row now or a week within a week span, how important it is to play to the final whistle. Okay. When I was a runner, when I was a runner, I mean, the biggest thing was do not pull up before your race. Yeah. And you, when you do, and I pulled up a couple of times and I was lazy or whatever you get, you get got. Yeah. And that's what happened. We got got because yep. we pulled up five, 10 seconds to go, a minute to go. And that's what happens. Yeah. I think something to keep an eye on was whenever uh, Leo was, uh, Bison was uh, subbed back in, I think within 20 seconds of him touching the field, immediately goes in and, you know, gets an, a crucial slide tackle yeah. uh, defensive, you know, in the box uh, to kind of impede Seattle's attack. Yep. And it, it's just something that like that signals to me, like this dude has been just aching to like do his rehabilitation, yeah. like, you know, do all the things that he needs to, he wants to be a part of this defense and, and short up all of those little like mental things. Yeah. Cause that dude is quality, he you is. know, like he really is. We didn't get a chance to see him all the way through, you know, obviously. Um, but it's like, we, we need him back there. Honestly, I think him and hedges need to probably be it, I agree. which I'm worried about because hedges isn't always like he's lost a step in my opinion like just kind of watching him every now and then it's like uh like we really all, like like please just look at this roster and tell me like yes what are we doing yeah and leo uh, is the, the only quality I mean, julio is that guy sometimes i'll say that i like julio he yeah, offers a lot right. of you know other dimensions to our to our defense and to our attack but in terms of like starting quality if you want to have a top 10 defense in this league i think leo is the only yeah. guy on that back line who defensively is pushing us in that direction. Gallagher is a great yeah. offensive threat. He runs his ass off. Lima runs his ass off, has solid games sometimes. But like, Vicenin is yeah. that dude that we need to build around on, to retool this defense. Um, For sure. And too, I mean, shit, he probably saw en- enough of Julio backpedaling. He's like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Look what happens when you attack the ball. Like, <laughs> quit backpedaling, yeah, no, bro. For real. Step up and fucking get the ball. Like, you, and it's like I say that with with all the respect to to Julio, you know, congratulations on getting called up and all that stuff for you know some yeah. some games with Costa Rica. But like, bro, the timing of that like, can't be more ironic, <laughs> given our form right. of our team right now. Yeah, so funny. Um, let's move on. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Hopefully, Saturday we get a better result in New England. Um, I can't remember what we said on North End, but probably a loss, maybe a draw. But oh, I said a loss yeah. for sure, my guy. It's an for what it's worth to to the listeners, when we were on North End's podcast, we went through the remaining eleven games or ten games or whatever it was um, at that time and gave our you know our predictions. And the three of us all predicted like a shit run of form to start this break in the first four games. But oh, after yep. this New England game, we all said they're going to pick it up fire under their ass and, and make a push to the playoffs. Um, I've heard like Bali and others be like, what for? Why playoffs? We're going to fucking fail anyway. And that's that loser mentality, in my opinion. Like, uh, yeah, I'm hearing folks say that the, like the season's done. And and like, guys, I know it's, it's a long season, but like, that's the reality. Yeah. Like those, those, those players and the staff know that this is the longest MLS season on earth. Yeah. And it's like, if we can just make sure we're on the right side of that playoff line, it's a whole different ball. It is. You're telling me when we have healthy players back in form and we're, we're actually, you know, in a position to like get ourselves into a play in game all the way up to, you know, yeah. wherever, you know, 
at that point we we exceeded expectations sure. according to like half but, this fan base. So. But you know what cool thing happens if we stumble to the to the finish line and don't make the playoffs? You know what cool thing might happen? Joshua might get fired. Bro. So like oh, shit. they want our, <laughs> they want our team to fail so that the coach might leave. You know, even if we could go right. straight, you know, RSL or Portland in the past where we sneak into the playoffs yeah. and make it to the final. I think this team healthy and with the right fire, Jerusi steps up and starts going off. Like we can make a run in my opinion. And I'd like to see that because that's more football for me and less time between games, you know, over the winter. So anyway, that's my rant. Uh, Stoppage time. Let's keep it going. So I guess kind of in the same thing, uh, we've heard from some fans who have some friends who know some people who know some players that there might be rumors of disgruntlement in the locker room towards Josh Wolf and just in general, um, specifically after the Dallas loss. Um, Logan, what are your thoughts on that, man? Lojo. I mean, if it is real, that's for them to handle. That's for the locker room to take care of. Um, I, I, I mean, I can, I, I would understand there to be some frustration amongst everyone, uh, no matter how close this, uh, this group of players are and that they claim. Um, but we still got, I mean, we got to figure it out. No matter how much time, whether it's one game left or a third of the season, you got to figure that stuff out. So sure. if it's, if that is true um let's just let's have that kumbaya let's have that moment around the you know the bonfire let's air everything out and yeah get back to winning some games yeah Lodger, i think you made a Getting good point some results. not to drag this on too long but we were talking the other day and you said like you've been on teams that are best friends mm-hmm. that have sucked ass mm-hmm. on the field and you've been on teams yeah. where players hate each other but they're get results 100%. on the field and at this point, 100%. like regardless of what the players feel with each other or with the coach, just go out there and play for your contract at minimum. Or play for us, play mm-hmm. for the fan, play for whoever, play for yourself, but go out and fucking put out yeah. a, a shift so that maybe you know, whether whether you want out, use this as a tryout. Exactly. You know, yeah. if you want to stay, show your worth. Yep. Paul, what do you That's think? You gotta, you find a reason. I, I think I'm just gonna add this uh, for for Memo Rodriguez. Uh, you know, he's come in new. So he might not be super, you know, affiliated with any of this current culture right now uh, that folks say that is permeating in the locker room. But like I saw an individual battle uh, with him uh, on the sideline. It was I can't remember who it was with um, on Seattle, but he just Oregon. yeah against a Seattle player. And he just absolutely like just the, the way he was bodying this player ends up winning it, you know, for a throw. And it was just. At the in the grand scheme of things, obviously, like we lost, but like it, in that moment, I was just like, dude, yeah, like the individual if, heart. If this yeah. team was was like just absolutely giving up, like everyone says they are, that shit would not happen. Yeah, yeah, you know. But exactly. it, it's it's those little individual battles that these team uh, these players go into that they are trying for and that they are giving it their best. And so, yeah. like, I don't know, man. It, it's yeah, whatever. it's hard to blame some players for being frustrated. Uh, Alex Ring, for example, you know, like we always run right. the field. That's one of my yep. biggest gripes with Wolf. It's like play the players that deserve to play. Um, mm-hmm. And Alex Ring is one of them. Oh, yeah. So like in some cases, I would understand, you know, as a fellow human who has a job that can be frustrating, you know, and you go through frustrating periods. Um, I can get it. But like memo guys like that that are coming out and playing their ass off. Like we just need more of that. And, and yeah. just finish out the season Absolutely. strong. Um that's the last Austin FC thing, Austin FC thing for this episode. So we're gonna keep going through stoppage time now in other in other news. Um, so Messi, Inter Messi, Inter Miami, they win their first MLS game earlier this week. 
Uh, and Messi, surprisingly, and to the to the frustration of many, doesn't speak to the media after his first win in MLS play. Um, what are your thoughts about that, just from the perspective of a fan, or you know, like how athletes should fulfill their obligations, whatever else? Paul, I'll start with you. Uh, whatever, dude. This is fucking go. He does whatever he wants. Budget. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, I mean, honestly, to piggyback off that, I mean, what, what obligation does he have? What? Zero. Yeah, I heard that I there's mean, like contractual things with MLS and like you have to be available. He's got plenty of money. I mean, available and actually talking to different things, my my guy. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? He's also he's never beaten those allegations. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, another Miami thing. Uh, Miami Freedom Park, the new stadium that's going to be opening in not uh, Fort Lauderdale, is the construction has started. It's broken ground. Um, yeah, I mean it's exciting to see. You know, obviously Messi here. Hopefully, it's done while he's still playing in MLS. What are y'all's thoughts, Lojo? I mean, maybe it's uh, the next evolution of uh, MLS. You know, we've had a bunch of stadiums built the same way. You've got that Q2 build. Yep. At Nashville, yeah, yeah, uh, St. Louis, yeah. Cincinnati. Think of Columbus. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe we see that new version coming out here, uh, and it'd be yeah. nice to see. I mean, it's cool to just see this growing still. Imagine like an oval arena, fucking thirty-five thousand people. I have no idea what the specs are for the stadium, but just imagine that kind of like you know, classic European arena. That'd be I sick. love it. A little, a little mini Bernabeu. Yeah, a little toilet bowl. You know? That'd be sick, dude. That'd be sick. Ooh. Paul, anything else? You just call it burnout toilet. No, I, that was separate from that. I didn't. Ooh. No disrespect. <laughs> I mean, Barca's shit. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Bro. <laughs> Don't come for me. Uh, no, I think it's cool, man. I think uh, Lojo said it best. It's like an evolution of of you know what we're we're asking for here in terms of um, just environments, you know, for us to go be able to like share this love of of the game with uh, our communities. Um, and so I think it's cool because like Austin is kind of in that middle blend right now of um, where we have Q2, but then we're going to be expanding, I think, in a little bit. So that's fun. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's facts, man. For sure. Um, and I guess the next thing, uh, it might be a little bit sensitive, you know, for uh, folks that have been paying attention to like the post World Cup stuff. Um, this has been just kind of it's been a little shitty um, just to put it bluntly. Uh, obviously we all know that the, the Spanish, you know, women's national team uh, did an awesome job of making it all the way to the final and winning it. However, uh, the actions of the Spanish FA president, um, fuck, I already forgot his bullshit ass name. Uh, it don't matter, bro. It don't matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, he ends up just like doing some head ass shit and it's just like, <laughs> it's frustrating um, because we should be, talking about like how all of these these women you know and their individual achievements you know and their team achievements um how they're doing after the world cup win yeah. and instead we're we're having to deal with you know stuff like um this president not wanting to resign his fucking mama like pulled up in some church which let's be real y'all like churches have food in there like don't don't yeah, they have not... like little food pantries and shit like she's not she's not starving to death exactly um so it's just come on, man, like we've got to do better. And uh, all that to say is, you know, Jenny Edmoso, uh, that midfielder, you know, we, we, we support her and yep. uh, we just want to make sure that folks know, you know, like if there's a platform for us 
uh, or for for y'all to uh, kind of share that and just kind of uh, make sure that you're you're voicing that opinion. It's like that that would be a really awesome yep. thing. Yep. Agreed, man. Agreed. Yeah, we should be celebrating her and her teammates and the team and not being distracted with the fucking dumb actions of some idiot. Anyway, yeah, we stand with Jenny Hermos. So, dude, fuck it. Uh, moving nice. on to Chelsea. Lukaku, he has been loaned to Roma and reunited with Jose Mourinho. Lojo, how happy are you, bro? That sounds like a match made in heaven. I, I'm going, <laughs> man. As long as we don't have the ghost of Cobham just lurking around anymore, we sent him off to die in the ruins of Rome. <laughs> that was poetic, bro. Goddamn. <laughs> that was, yeah, he was waiting on that one. <laughs> It's interesting though. Aren't they kind of like struggling right now? The the first couple of matches, uh, they're going to be struggling even more, bud. So is he. Yeah, no, that's facts, dude. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying it's like it's not it's not looking good. Lukaku's about to be a second keeper for whoever they're playing. (laughs) Jesus, facts, dude. They got an aging, out of shape, out of form Lukaku coming in to play with them. (laughs) Lukaku, you kicking? Moving on, the second round Carabao Cup results. Uh, We have some highlights there. Um, So first. Wrexham, America's favorite America's team. team. Bro, they they <laughs> lost in penalties to Bradford City. Underwhelming. All that money spent. No results gotten. Um, right. Tottenham, you know, fucking they lose. Oh, to Tottenham stay in Tottenham, buddy. Yes. They lose to Fulham in the second round. That shit's funny. Uh, Chelsea could never, obviously. We defeat Wimbledon 2-1 with a rotated team. Our boy Enzo in the middle comes in and just fucking, yeah, wins that game for us. Paul, Lojo, what are your thoughts on the second round results? Lojo, I'll start with you. I was scared. Yeah. What, what, what's that? What's that meme? Where it's like they had us in the first half. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> I think uh, our friend Justin, uh, he he tweeted me just like, oh, because I was maybe talking a little premature mess about Tottenham. Yeah. You know, being out of another tournament. So you know, Wimbledon gets that BS penalty. They go up. Justin kind of you know gives me the huh. Like, and uh, but we had him in the second half. We came back. We're good. Enzo in the middle. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, can we just say this was really a game of keepers, you know, looking back on it, it was like, you know, Robert Sanchez um, giving that penalty away. Um, He has penalty, by the way. It it, it is what it is. Right. But then on the other end, you know, it was the uh, Wimbledon AFC keeper that was just like clearly way out of his line, you know, tries to clear it. It mishits one of the defenders and Enzo's there to play cleanup and, He almost gets caught out of his box twice. Enzo, Enzo should have had a brace, but missed an empty net. We're not going to talk about it. He got he got the first one, so it's cool. We're fine. It's Uh, mercy. It's mercy. Intentional, right? We we had to take it a little easy on. Yeah, we we couldn't we couldn't put the league on Hyler just exactly. We got to right exactly. We're going to say for Brighton. Yeah, sneaky coming for that English treble. I'm saying hell yeah, bro. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, it's a treble though because um, we don't get to play in UCL. Uh, and the group stage draw was today, so thanks for reminding. <laughs> yeah, us. it's just it was a perfect transition. Sorry, uh, but the the group stage draw for UCL was today. Um, so I guess let's. I don't know. Do y'all have the draw up in front of you, perchance? Do that. Uh, I don't, do that but real I quick. Know that, that all I know. All I know is that. All right, well, that we'll start there. Yeah, the, the toughest group, man. Uh, we were t- texting about this in the moment, but Group F, it's. PSG, it's Dortmund, it's Milan, and it's Newcastle. Um, do y'all think that's the toughest for real? For real? I mean, we have what are the oh, highlights? absolutely. Poor Hands Newcastle. Down. How long has it been? At least twenty years since their last Champions League appearance, and they got to go up against that. Yeah, 
Yeah, bro. They've got Chelsea and Red. It, uh, I mean, sorry, AC <laughs> Milan. Uh, you know, Dortmund is is always fighting for it. PSG Solid. is looking to you know actually retool and 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 do something this year. So, yeah, man, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. And then honestly, I feel bad because like Newcastle, right? Uh, kind of shit the bed against Liverpool. So that just kind of exposed like, oh yeah, man, like they'll be all right. Yep. Any there's other? A lot uh, of, there's a lot other, of beautiful stadiums in group F, by the way. I mean, I think every game oh, is going to yeah. be at a very, uh, not- not- with a stadium with a lot of notoriety. Yeah. Prince de Park, you know, fucking, I, what is it? Iduna, uh, Iduna Matata, Iduna Signal Park. Oh, something like that for Dortmund and then San Siro and then fucking St. James. St. James. There you Fired go. You did it. You did it. <laughs> what do y'all think the weakest Sorry. group is out of the, out of the lot? Like, um, like, how good is Porto? Whichever, these days? wherever Arsenal is, uh, is Arsenal. probably the weakest. <laughs> group B. I mean, yeah, Group B is Arsenal, Sevilla, PSV, and and RCL Lens. So I don't. Yeah, not too much on. You know, uh, don't don't sleep on PSV though. They're they're gonna. I they, might, they might do okay. Sevilla. Uh, I don't know, man. They always do that back and forth shit. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Group G might be interesting because, uh, yeah, like, Red City Bulls. might end up like trotting the kids out for for this, and then um, just having fun with it. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 going to be fun either way. These are very fun groups. I watched my first yeah draw today. That was a good time. Thanks for that, y'all. Hell yeah, yeah. man! I mean, the as, benefit as of Chelsea, Chelsea fans, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was about to say uh, the benefit of Chelsea not being in it. I'm going to be able to watch this with some sort of objectivity and just not have a horse in the race and just right. enjoy just it. Just have some fun. That's Facts. it. Right. Facts. And then uh, we'll close this stoppage time out with some, some more local news. Um, John Herdman, the former Canada national team coach, um, steps down to coach Toronto FC effective October 1. Um, so, I mean, you know, to the Wolf Out crew, I mean, shit, this could hypothetically could have been us in a different world, right? Like Bob Bradley was let go, and then at the very end of the season, homeboy comes up and, and takes over for the last couple games. I mean, that's like it, it's it's interesting, you know, especially with the yeah. amount of money Toronto spent on that roster to make that change that quick. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's just an interesting thing to, to come out of it. Paul Lojo, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that's going to be your. It's not going to be the same exact thing as if Austin fired their coach and had an interim, but yeah. that's going to be a good example. Yeah, and of what's to come and what happens when you do do those things. Yeah, I mean, it's well, and, Paul. Please, 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 sorry, no, please. I'm not talking anymore. Go. Okay, sorry. Uh, I just think what's interesting with John Herdman for those who have been following uh, with uh, Canadian footy um, at the national level. I mean, this dude was, you know, he he took the women's team you know, for first place medals, you know, uh, with the women's team had the opportunity to take the men, you know, to their first world cup. And in, in, was that the first time I, I can't remember, honestly, it's been a minute. Yep. Um, unfortunately they didn't do anything, you know, but all that to be said is it looks like there's some things happening, uh, on the national level in terms of like Canadian national soccer, um, that he is maybe kind of being like, sus about uh or not sus about he's just like maybe being a little bit nervous about uh so he saw this opportunity to go to toronto where you know there's a little bit more money a little bit more stability question mark i don't know yeah it's just interesting and then also he misses a chance to 
be a coach and host a world cup, you know, right, like right, right. in four, three years or whatever. Interesting it's timing like, all around for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's clearly a, a signing for next season. I mean, Toronto is bottom of the league with like 22 points. So they're not competing yeah. for shit. Um, so clearly it's a, a step moving forward and he'll get an off season under his belt to try to make some changes with their front office. Yeah. So anyway, um, all right, boys, let's wrap this up. Appreciate y'all kicking it let's with it. us on this week's episode of the very dependent podcast. I've been Logan Bartlett, AKA Lobar. Catch me on Twitter at Lobar VHLM. Lojo, tell them where they can find you. I'm Logan Jones, Lojo, that jerk. I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me at the Lolo Jones on Twitter. And what's up, everyone? This is Paul, aka Low Paul, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul Andrew FC. Government name. Government name. Government name. And make sure to keep the chatter going online by following us at the Very Dependent on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate y'all sticking around um, for this episode. Next week, we're gonna do a fun conversation looking at you know hypothetical like what Roto has on his plate moving forward into this offseason and moving forward. And that should be a fun hypothetical. Um, and we want y'all to, to give us y'all's thoughts about that too. So stick around, keep listening. We appreciate y'all. And, and that's an episode. Peace. Bye. Good stuff. I liked it. Oh, why are you screaming at me? Oh, my God.